Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thank you for joining us for our special Sunday sermon on 2020 Year End Service. Hey, good morning, Cross family. We're so glad you're joining us as we close out uh, 2020. And the good news is, Rick, 2020 has an expiration date, brother. We're about to turn the page. I am I'm happy for a change of scenery. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of you know, different kinds of problems and whatever, but I like it when numbers change, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what 2021 uh, has in store for us. Now, here, here's what I want you to, to think back over uh, with me a little bit. And, and we're going we're gonna to show you a video here just in a few moments, and you're going to hear some cool stories. But as I've thought back over the last year, every decision that we've made as a, as a staff and as a church, it's been met with a variety of emotions. And uh, I mean, all the way back to March, even up until now, uh, we've seen people applaud decisions and criticize them. And we've seen people offer compassion and prayer. And we've seen people come and we've seen people go. And we've seen the tension of mask or no mask or gather or not to gather. And we're about to face a brand new war of whether we're going to vaccinate or or, or not to vaccinate, that's going to be a, a huge thing that we're going to uh, be battling as people. I mean, just straight up, that's where we're at. And, um, but we've really struggled with what do we do, how do we do it, how do we do it for the glory of God, how do we do it to really honor and love our neighbor. And it's been a very interesting uh, year. And so, guys, check this video out that we've titled, This is 2020, and then Rick and I'll dive back in. And we're just going to have a conversation with you today. The following video will not be included in today's podcast as it is more visual than audio. So if you wish to check out the full video, please go to our YouTube page and look at This Is 2020 video. So guys, here's the reality. Every crisis that we face seems to be just saturated with tons of information. There's information, there's misinformation, and it comes from extreme views, and it fuels uh, the tension that we're all finding ourselves in. And, and tension has a way of exposing something inside of us, our view of life, the value of relationships, our view of God, what we believe, who we trust. And uh, I mean, we have all faced tension this year, Rick. Absolutely. And like Tim mentioned, all the specific problems before the video, uh, I mean, some of these are somewhat simple. Others are really complex. And then like he mentions, all of the misinformation, sometimes information is true but not trusted. Mm. Uh, there's all sorts of situations. And so even simple problems can become complex just on the level of those problems themselves. But then if we truly believe uh, that community is a core part of the calling of life with Jesus, right? Eternal life it involves all that God is saving, right? Then, then the even simple problems become really complex when someone you love disagrees with you on what the problem is actually like, right? And I mean, we all know what that's like. We've all either got family members or close friends that we just disagree with on an issue, and then how to navigate that in a way that Jesus would in our position, right? With the fruit of the Spirit being obvious. Uh, that itself is 
really challenging, right? To us personally, we realize we're not as free to love our neighbor as ourselves as we may have thought that we were, right? And uh, I mean, Tim just mentioned his, you know, our why. You know, why are we uh, pursuing the sort of thing we are? Another way of saying our why would be like our motive, our aim. What is it we're going after? Um, and I mean, like if you do reading of Christians over the last few hundred years, you'll see monks' journals sometimes obsessing over their motive, right? Because it's kind of like a self-righteous thing, but there's a much more practical reason to be really sure of our why as we're trying to be, and that is we want to make sure that we're actually seeking God because if we're seeking anything other than God or less than God, we're just going to be really disappointed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my opinion. That's at least my motivation. The reason I want to make sure that my why is on track is because I value my life enough to really hope uh, to seek the Lord, you know. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're created to live for so much more than just the moment. And, but tension does, man. It, it kind of drives us, as Rick said, to our why. It invites us to do some deep soul searching. And uh, yeah, because on any given day, what you do may be applauded. It may be criticized. I've used this quote numerous times that if you're motivated by praise, you'll be deflated by criticism. Uh, and, and, and what we know is this, people may notice what you do, but ultimately, mm-hmm. I think they, they hang out with you and follow the lead or the shepherding or whatever, because they trust your why. And uh, I can tell you over the last year, our, our core team has sought the Lord in prayer. Uh, we have fervently prayed. We've pursued wisdom. Uh, we've talked with a variety of people that are respected in certain areas of expertise. Uh, We really have uh, experienced God's peace uh, about how to do things here and there. Uh, We've tried to obey God. We've tried to love you, uh, to love our neighbor, to love our our, our families the best that we can. And uh, it's it's been a beautiful struggle this year. And I, I can just tell you this, life is hard and life is filled with challenges and, uh, that, that's what you have faced this year as well. I was reading an article the other day uh, from a guy by the name of Tom Rayner. He's very respected amongst uh, the Baptist circles, if you will. Uh, but he, he, he posed this question. He said, why are so many church members in a bad mood? And why are so many church folks right now grouchy and mad? And I thought, that's a great question to ask. I mean, here we are. Uh, claiming that we find our joy in the Lord. Uh, we claim that circumstances uh, don't make us, uh, that, that we're made by the, the, the hope of the gospel in us. But it's like, why are so many church folks and people that are, are calling themselves followers of, of, of Christ, why, is, why are they so grouchy? Why are they so mad right now? And here's a few things I want to interact on uh, in regards to that, Rick. But he, he made this statement. He goes, people are confused right now. He's like, it's so difficult to get a, a real consistent story about COVID. Even the organizations of expertise don't even seem to be on the same page. And we're, we're finding ourselves right now really struggling through what is truth? Yeah. Is truth really out there? And who's sharing truth? And so, yeah, we're, we're, where do you kind of land on that? I, I think that... Uh one of the things that makes problems really hard to solve is when we, uh, there's a saying, it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble, it's what you know that just ain't so. And so like, <laughs> there's gonna be times where lacking knowledge is a problem, 
But the thing that I think blocks us from really, you know, seeking wisdom from the Lord is uh, not being aware that we don't know. We've got an answer that solves it and we no longer look for it, which of course then uh, adds the problem of, uh, you know, when someone disagrees with us, then there's anger involved. Anger comes from surprise. That's a big piece of it. Um, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And or at least anger is intensified by surprise. And so like when we think something is settled and it turns out that it's not, um, that complicates the situation so much more. And so I'd say one thing that, that's helped me a little bit when it comes to the news cycle is not being cynical, right? But to hope to have a critical mind and not a critical spirit, right? Because even if you, have, if you have a critical spirit, then you can't even seek the truth anyway. You don't mm -hmm. even get to have a critical mind if you've got a critical heart. Um, but I think keeping a posture of patience and curiosity and I'm just telling you, remembering our dependence on the Lord where it's like, even if this problem was solved, keep in mind a thousand others are coming yeah. <laughs> all the time. And uh, it is, it's, it, you know, it's not so much that God wants us to be strong as much as he wants to be our strength, right? And so this idea of I love that. the point of wisdom is for loving God and people and self well, it's not to be in command of the universe because that's not what's going to happen, no matter how much news we consume. Yeah, so, you know, as we, as we look at even the last year, how, how, you look at how much fear and anxiety has taken place amongst people, and it's a challenge for all of us with the amount of bad news that we get every day. Uh, I think it's a challenge not to be overwhelmed at times or even to flirt with anxiety. And I personally, Rick, I have... I just try to avoid all the headlines. Honestly, I've avoided watching news. Uh, I, I've even on my phone, I used to get the updates from Fox and others, and I'm like, no, that's not happening anymore because those things will pop up. And all it is is it creates fear, it creates anxiety, angst, uh, arguments, a fighting spirit inside of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I found myself, I don't know if anybody else has had a similar situation, but whenever... Um, I'll go to the news or like a social media app or something. It is almost like taking a dart and then having the dartboard with all types of different emotions and you're just throwing and saying, how am I going to feel right now? It's totally an accident. And so, and who knows what it will be. It's like a total slot machine. And so I've noticed that um, to have some control of our emotions, which we're certainly called to have, to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength would mean that we're called to steward our emotions, at least being aware that when we get into these interfaces, whether it's whatever screen it is, it is likely that our mood's going to go over there, over there, over here, who knows. And so at least having some amount of limitation on it, you know, like I check it this often and no more or whatever is, is really helpful. And uh, I, I think that keeping a view of the news, um, is, is really being aware of our view of the news is important. One of my favorite philosophers uh, wrote a book called The News, and he says that the goal of philosophy, and I would say theology oftentimes, is to boil down all the things that happen into principles, into core pieces that will repeat themselves, right? And he says the goal of the news is the absolute, absolute opposite, and that is to take things that have happened hundreds of thousands of times before and make them seem like nothing like this has ever happened before, ever. <laughs> and so just keeping in mind that uh, what that's saying about the news, if it leads, it bleeds, uh, 
um, if it angers you, I don't know how to rhyme it, but they have your attention, knowing that the news is not information, or it's not just information. It is unquestionably performance for the sake of emotion. And so we should be informed, of course, but also know that a major piece of the strategy is to grip us emotionally mm-hmm. and just guard our heart, right? Because it's the wellspring of life. I think that's where so many people find themselves kind of puzzled and disillusioned right now. I, I think one of the things uh, that has really plagued the human heart is that uh, we, we really, uh, we saw this, that we miss gathering with our friends, right? We heard that earlier, early on in the year. And uh, I think for so many of our people, it's like, man, we enjoy church. And one of the things that's kind of so frustrating or maybe has created this grouchiness inside of us is that uh, we miss being in corporate uh, worship with others. And the church is the people. It's not a building. Uh, but the church is supposed to gather, and digital gatherings uh, cannot replace the in-person uh, experience. And, and, and I think once we were able to re-engage and even get people together in proximity, it helps out. Um, we've had to tap the brakes again because of the amount of sicknesses and the numbers and all that stuff, and we're trying to be wise. But we, we do believe that connecting with others is so important. We, we believe that isolation really is a tool of the predator. We believe that isolation really knocks us down and there's so many things that come with that, but uh, I, I think that's why people, a lot of people have just kind of lost it, if you will. They snap, and their, their, their boiling point is, I don't know, man, they're, they're, they're very frustrated because they, they've been in isolation. They've not had that strong connectivity. That's hurt them. The cultural fights that we see going on uh, this calendar year, it doesn't matter what the issue is, not just the political stuff, but... Uh, there's been so many different movements and causes over this year. And, and the cultural issues in the news have created fights. And this, this is something right here, Rick, that we've seen. The, the heartbreaking thing is the fights that we've seen amongst even believers with each other. And, and it's been harsh. And, and it's a lack of, it's really a lack of the love of Christ being manifest. Yeah. I think it certainly is. Uh, there's a, you know, that phrase, never let the situation be, mean more than the relationship. And obviously there are going to be some situations where an issue is bigger than the relationship. I mean, there are some cases. But unfortunately, it happens way too often, way more than it needs to. And it is a lack of love of Jesus. Um, but I think that, I mean, I've asked myself, where does that lack of love from Jesus come from? And at least often what I see is when our secondary identities, as Americans, as voters in a certain party, as a subculture, as even a style, who knows what it is, but our secondary identities replacing our primary identity as baptized, uh, beloved, rescued people of Jesus Christ, right? And so that's the situation that is bigger than all of the other situations, which means like our relationships with each other is supposed to be mediated through Jesus. It's not me and Tim. It's me and Tim through Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's me and Kara. It's me and Kara through Jesus. And there is no chance of, of, uh, of Christian unity if we're lacking Jesus as the one that we go through. And then in addition to that, if I'm coming at you as, 
you know, someone with an opinion on whatever issue it is, and you, well, what does that mean? It means that if you share my opinion, we're friends, <laughs> in this moment at least, and if you don't, I mean, I might put up with you. If I already didn't like you, then you're an enemy, right? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that can happen. But, and then it can shift, issue to issue, right? I mean, it just kind of goes all over the place. Um, and so, I, now that being said, the thing about that is, it's not so much that, you know, we're condemning that as much as I want us to be aware. I want to be aware when I'm doing that because I'm missing out on Jesus's love for me in that moment mm -hmm. because it means that I am, again, the problem with putting your secondary identity first is you're missing out on who you actually are. Right. And then certainly it's going to affect the way you treat other people. But if I am identifying myself primarily about my opinions on something to be part of a group that feels the same, that is that is an utter catastrophic loss compared to the community of heaven mm. that is invading the world right now through our individual hearts together. That, I mean, that is a brilliant, brilliant word right there. And uh, there's just so much negativity right now, uh, especially on social media. I mean, if we start to look at social media, and it's almost like social media gives a voice to the outliners with no accountability and no responsibility of, of being truthful with what you say. And, and we know that social media, it can be so harmful to your mental and emotional health right now. And we've seen the tangents and the wars and all that. And I mean, I think part of this thing back to uh, filtering everything through Christ, our primary identity is who we are in Christ. I mean, when we start to live that out we're accountable. Oh, yeah. I'm, account I'm going to stand before God one day and give an account for my life, for my thoughts, for my words, for my action uh, toward my neighbor. And I, I think oftentimes we feel like, well, you know, hang with them. If you don't like me or like my position or agree with me, I mean, that's your problem, right? And again, as we've said, people oftentimes treat relationships as if they're disposable instead of the most valuable thing that God's given us. It's hard, Rick. Yeah, I would say outside of our identity in the Lord, our primary identity, whatever group that is, if it's on a stance, whatever, there's actually points for rejecting people that don't agree with you. So we got to keep that in mind. It's not just our own impatience. It's not just our own fragile beliefs that we have to push people away if they disagree with us. Whatever group we're a part of other than Jesus, like, loves the idea of you rejecting others. It's a type of sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than becoming the living sacrifice of our primary identity that Jesus calls us to be. So keep that in mind. I mean, like, they don't have our best interest in mind. And if we disagreed with the party line on whatever it is, just know they'd reject us too, <laughs> right? There's nothing like being part of the family of Jesus. That's where we certainly want to stay. And then as far as the social media stuff, um, yeah, I can't tell if it's a net loss or gain. I really can't. Uh, but that being said, every single technology is the same way. There is so many things that come out of any technology we can think of. It can be used to heal or hurt every time. Um, but as far as social media is concerned, I, uh, I have a friend who's a counselor. She mentioned that teenagers seem to actually be much more open in counseling sessions over the screens than they are in person. Because mm. this is what we need to keep in mind with screens, they lower our inhibitions. There is a, mm. a, a lack of, there's a feeling of a lack of consequences or uh, accountabilities mm. you're saying. We feel the consequences less. So f for good or for bad. 
So in counseling, it helps them open up. And of course, the danger we've seen the most of, and that is when people will say things they would absolutely never say in person Mm -mm. or present ideas that they know would get shot down (laughs) in an actual conversation or just be utterly hateful, right? So there is something about that screen that just, it's not so much that it dehumanizes everybody else as much as it just uh, reduces our awareness of the consequences, good or bad. Let's do this, Rick. Let's start to wrap this thing up. And uh, here's where I want to kind of go with you. We talk about values here. Uh, We talk about the importance of, 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 you know, collectively meeting together. Even with CSM, I mean, you guys talk about belonging and growth and worship. And um, we know that's so important. We we know that uh, Zoom and Facebook Live and all this stuff, man, freezing videos, like you said, it's, it's, it's not the same. Uh, but speaking to that before we wrap it up today, uh, just, just about why uh, belonging and being a part of community, even some of those values, why y'all teach them in CSM, and why it's so important even in our faith journey. Absolutely, yeah. One positive thing I'd like to say is it's, to me, it's actually kind of a relief that the students weren't into Zoom. <laughs> because, you know, we hear all the time, kids don't know how to talk to each other, they can only text, they're going to be on screens forever. I was actually kind of relieved that, hey, they actually don't like this. We're not all just going to be floating in computers someday, hopefully. Um, but that being said, uh, yeah, in order to really practice the values of worship, belonging, and growth, uh, we did meet back in the middle of the summer, which we never done before. But we had been apart since March, and... You know, we were taking precautions, and if someone would come down with something, they'd quarantine, and so our numbers have obviously been down. Um, but that being said, the reason that we've chosen those values, and the reason it would be applicable to people of any age, I mean, zero to 100, um, is because worship, belonging, and growth is our attempt to say, what does it look like? to follow Jesus' great commandment, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, as more than one person, as a culture in public. And so worship stands for our relationship with God, loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, Um, showing others a sense of belonging, feeling a sense of belonging ourselves from God, who we belong to, right, is belonging is the relationship we'd have with our neighbor. Like, you belong here as much as I do, right? And we both belong here because God wants us here. And then, finally, growth is the most loving relationship we believe you can have with yourself. I've heard a a person say, you should treat yourself like someone you're responsible to help. That's a pretty good definition of love of self that's not selfish, right? Not just petty, self-centered, but you should actually want you know, yourself to grow, which hurts sometimes. And uh, so what we tell them is it's, it's really uh, belonging and growth for the sake of worship. Because right now, as we've been talking about, the reason our secondary identity gets in the way of our primary identity is because we have not grown in our ability to see God uh, as valuable as God actually is. If we had a glimpse, I think, of how good God is, um, our, just the way we spend our days would be totally different, right? And so growth is required. Growth itself is worship. And, uh, but what, we, what I've told the students is I've noticed, certainly over the last few years, that the favorite 
value of those three is belonging, which makes sense for teenagers, they're in that phase. I think it's the case for everybody else too. Um, but I've said belonging is one of those things that sounds really nice when you say it every week, but when the rubber meets the road, like you're actually in person with each other, that's when you realize there's actually a lot of growth that needs to happen, right? It's much easier said than done. Our pride gets challenged, um, resentment comes up. There's so many things that challenges our sense of belonging, and you'll immediately realize you need growth. And uh, Dallas Willard says, the way you grow spiritually is by trying to do the next right thing, and uh, it won't be very long till you realize you need a lot of help. <laughs> and so you go to the church for that, where, where the Lord is working in all of us. That's true. It is so true. So guys, as we kind of wrap up uh, the, the 2020 year, I, I would encourage you to spend some time uh, just pressing into the Lord and, and, and really seeking uh, the heart of the Lord in, in, this, in this way. God, God, what are my key takeaways of this year? What, what are those two or three uh, life lessons that you've taught me that I, I want to journal these things down? I want to write them uh, down. I, I want to post them where I don't, I don't, I don't forget uh, I mean, I would encourage you, it's been said that a thought that cannot be placed immediately will be lost eventually, and I, I want to gather those thoughts and those life lessons. Uh, reality is, we, we do flourish when we're belonging uh, with the Lord and, and, and with others, but I, I want you to press in uh, over this next week and, uh, and, and just really uh, I, I, I don't know where you're at. Some people are into getting a word for the year. I, I've never been a, what's my word for 2021? I, I'm, I'm more just, what is, my, what is my dependence on the Lord like every day? I'm, I'm more about depending every day than I am having a word for the year. But I do want God uh, to have freedom to speak. And I want to give him all the space in my heart and, and give him full permission to really renovate me and transform me into the person he desires me to be. Uh, and so write down some of those things. What would be your final thing, Rick, uh, just in regards to a growth step that our people can take as we close out this year? A growth step. I, uh, what I've been doing really recently is uh, deal with this idea that God is more enjoyable than all he has made right? Uh, which Piper says is the reason we should love God with all of our hearts and mind and strength. It's not a matter of duty. You should, should, should do this. It's if you had a glimpse of who God was, you would, you would figure out how to get all of your attention into what God is doing. And uh, that being said, God is more enjoyable than all he's made. What does that mean? It means that if we become formed to enjoy God, then the perfect day at Disney World <laughs> can be as enjoyable as washing your dishes and everything else you have to do in all of the mundane moments in life um, with uh, seeing those as the place where you meet God. Because that's where most of our life actually is, and God is interested in that. It's where we're going to be in CSM from January to March. Mm. Um, but I would say the growth step would be fool around with that idea. Like begin thinking about these different parts of your day that you just feel like you kind of got to get through are the actual place um, where you can experience God's presence the most. 
doesn't take a lot of effort to figure out how to do the dishes. You already know how to do that. Your mind is pretty much free. Experiment with um, really seeking the Lord in those moments. Mm. Absolutely. So, Father, thank you that you care about our continued growth, maturation, and development. You, you really do. Thank you for the struggle and the tension of 2020. Thank you for the pain that's come from this year. Or even the psalmist would say, it was so good for me to be afflicted so that I could learn your ways. Lord, thank you for the gift of adversity and suffering and pain uh, that allows us, Father, to even, uh, when you're working on our hearts, to press into you and to be uh, more conformed into the likeness of Christ. Th thank you for reminding us this year of how... Uh, we really do not desire what this world has to offer as being uh, sufficient, that we really do desire, God, what you have to offer, and, and we want to be full of you. Thank you for, thank you for the life lessons uh, that you've taught us. Thank you for your faithfulness, first and foremost, that you've never left us, uh, you've never abandoned us. And so with all the tension and chaos that we've gone through, you are steady, you are sure, you are our, uh, our refuge, and, and we just, uh, we press into you. I just want to say thank you. Uh, Lord, thank you for Rick. Thank you for uh, the partnership with this brother over the last years, with he and Kara and their family. Thank you for how you use him amongst our entire church body, specifically with our cross-student ministry. Uh, Lord, is so it's so fun to see how our kids and youth get to be underneath a guy uh, under his leadership and lead and, and shepherding care that really cares more about uh, the, the growth and, and belonging and maturation and worship that these kids are going to have than anything else. It's, it's very good. And so, uh, yeah, as we continue to worship you now uh, with Nick and our praise team, Father, we want to say thank you, and uh, Lord, would, would we really press into you right now and celebrate your goodness in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching the message. Uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it. And just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we want to see you committed to Christ. We would love to see you connected to others in a small group. And we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people. But we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.